Good morning. This is Joe Moran with the Joe Moran Show. Uh, very excited to be here starting off a new uh, new week. Um, hope everybody's fired up. There's a lot happening in the world, and uh, it's... <laughs> It's just unbelievable at the the speed, kind of the the speed of change, the speed of the news cycle, and you know it's 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 fascinating, right? But it's also one of the things that um, good, bad, or indifferent keeps us kind of focused, um, keeps us from focusing on the things that really matter. Um, which is our family, right? Um, and, 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 you know, our work, if that's important to you and, you know, what other, what, uh, what your other prior priorities are. But, um, you know, we do get distracted, uh, from the news cycle and as things change and as things that would normally be outrageous to us, um, happen on a on a daily basis. So if things that are outrageous that happen, you know, happen daily, you know, what happens is we become numb to them, right? And we, we um, they become less outrageous over time um, because we're just inundated with crazy 24-7. But um, <laughs> right now, you know, the craziness is pretty important and we got to talk about it. Um, because we got new stuff that's just coming out, coming out, coming out, you know, every single day. And it's, it's important that we look at it and we digest it and we try to understand it. But, and we talk about it, but what I'm not going to do, what I'm not going to do is try to you know tell you what to think right one way or another I'm just not interested in that you know I'm going to have opinions but I'm not interested in in trying to convince anybody what to think we're just going to look at the facts and try to understand the players and what their motivations are and, and off we go so fascinating stuff I want to talk about the polls today um you know, we had the announcement over the weekend of the new Supreme Court nominee. So what I've been really interested in, not so much the nominee, even though we'll touch on that, but really what's the impact on the polling? Um, because most people thought that this was going to be a net positive for Trump. And, I mean, we've, we've discussed my position and my position is I didn't think it was going to move the needle. And if anything, it would be a net negative. So we're going to look at the polls. We're going to kind of try to understand what the polls are telling us um, due to the Supreme Court nominee. Then there was some interesting um, information. There was an article that came out last night in the New York Times. It has to do with Trump's taxes. So taxes are back on the ballot, most notably Trump's. Um so we're gonna get we're gonna dive into that. I'm not gonna get into all the minutia, right? I mean, we can all read the article, um, but <laughs> I've got a few things that I want to talk about. Uh, we we will talk about the Supreme Court um, just for a minute because that is something that has a lasting impact on society um, since these are lifetime appointments. Um, you know, whoever the next nominee is could be in this could be in this role for 30 years. 
right? So want to dive into that. Uh, we'll talk about the markets some and then um, some things that are happening on the Bitcoin front as well as um, the fiscal stimulus. We'll wrap it up with fiscal. So polls. Let's talk about some polls. And I've been really interested, you know, and what the changes will be in the polls once we kind of get all the data that comes back. Um, once we get the data that comes back after the Supreme Court nominee. So everybody's known that Trump, you know, for the last, let's call it, 10 days that Trump was going to uh, is going to nominate somebody, right? They're not going to they're not going to the Republicans and Trump aren't going to adhere to the same standard that they proposed um, to Obama. And they're even contradicting what they said they would do, or at least some of the uh, politicians said they would do. Um, so, right, we've known that. OK, I'm not going to get into that today, um, even though I am going to talk about Lindsey Graham for a second. But so we've known this. And so, you know, what are the polls, right? So 10 days later, we should have some decent data on the polls. Um, and and it's not, the, the, the polls aren't moving, right? They're not moving in, um, in Trump's direction. So USC Dornzeif, Biden's up nine. And this would be from September 14th through the 27th. Now this pollster, is rated a B or C by 538. So not, you know, it's not A plus, right? We're not talking about ABC News and the Washington Post here. But nevertheless, you've got really kind of three different, <clears throat> three different sample sizes, all of about 5,000, three, three different, you know, kind of different polls. And Biden was either plus eight or plus 10. So plus eight, plus nine, plus 10. Same pollster, Three different samples, but plus eight, plus 10, plus nine for the overall general election over Trump. I mean, if that's true, it doesn't matter what happens in terms of the ballot box. doesn't matter that the Republicans have a, uh, a structural advantage um, in the Electoral College at those types of margins. It just doesn't matter. Right, it's going to be Biden, and it's going to be uh, a substantial sweep, and that's just one poll, right? Um, Texas had a state poll come out from the public policy of polling, and it's a dead heat, so it's forty-eight, forty-eight tied. You know, again, if that's the case, then um, it's probably bad news for Trump, because you know Texas is a state that the Republicans have carried significantly and um they're not carrying it right and they're or well they're not carrying it at the same margin right um they could win it um but what i would also say is the the general trend of texas puts it in play next next uh next presidential cycle regardless if the democrats win it this time or not um, the trend is not good for the trend is not good for Republicans, especially and you got to think about this, too. Right. Uh, you've got population. Uh, change, right. Migration, if you will, where coastal cities, 
people that are in the coastal cities are moving to Denver, to Austin, um, to Florida, right? So there's, there, there is somewhat of a migration shift from large population centers to Texas, to Florida, to other areas more central. And those aren't, those aren't all Republicans that are leaving, right? There's some Democrats in there too. And that could shift the balance of power over time. Um, it'll be interesting, right, to, uh, to follow that. But honestly, I think it puts Texas in play in the next four years um, where it's possible that it really does become a true purple state. And if that happens, then um, the Republicans, Republicans are going to have real problems um, from an electoral college standpoint. But so, you know, polls come out. Things are looking good for for Biden, Pennsylvania. Biden's up five um, and the tip poll, you know, un, under that same USC Dorns Dorns poll, he's up eight to ten in Pennsylvania. Nevada up one, North Carolina Biden's up two, uh, Georgia you actually actually have a mix and it's it's kind of interesting where on the YouGov poll Trump is up plus one, but in the New York Times seeing a college poll Biden's up anywhere from six to ten in Georgia. Now that was dated through the twenty fourth, so you know perhaps we got new data um, that comes out this week on Georgia that's more in line. Uh, with the plus one for Trump, but Wisconsin, Biden, uh, plus eight, plus 10, Michigan, plus eight, plus nine, California, right, plus 34. And you go down this, and it's not looking good for Trump. And it's not looking good for the Republicans. Because if, if, if Biden is pressing, if he's pressing plus five, plus six, plus eight, plus 10 even, then the Senate is going to change hands. I mean, that's not a, uh, you know, that's, that's a near certainty, right, if Biden wins at those, at those numbers. So we're less than 40 days out from the election. People are already voting. The early voting at this clip is unprecedented. Um in terms of the number of uh, number of people uh, that are early voting right now, it's unprecedented, and I mean it's 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 unbelievable. Seventy million people have requested absentee ballots, um, and they've already been sent to voters. Uh, number of reported absentee ballots requested or sent increased by 5 million on September 25th after counts were updated in Arizona, Idaho, Indiana, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Wyoming. It is, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable, right? So Newsweek said that over 860,000 Americans have already voted. Over 860,000. Do you know how many were voted in, uh, at this point, were voted in 2016? 10,000. 10,000 compared to 860,000. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. 
And so if Biden is running at this clip right now, right, if he's plus eight, plus five, and you have all of these people that are already voting, it makes the math very difficult. Even if there is some sort of October surprise, which I'm sure Russia or Trump or the Republicans are going to try to drop something two weeks before the election cycle, you know, to change the trajectory of the race. I'm not sure it matters. I'm not sure it matters. Things aren't looking good for Trump. They're not. And if it's a huge margin, then Trump isn't going to be able to say, well, I was treated unfairly and all the and all the ballots, right? All the ballots are bad, which we know he's going to say. But that argument just isn't going to hold any water, right? Just isn't going to hold any water. Um, so polling is interesting. We're going to talk about it as it always comes out, just because the balance of this race, I mean, the impact that this race is going to have on the future of this country, I think, I think it's, uh, it's not an exaggeration to say that it is the most important race of our lifetime. Um, and probably over the next 30 years, this is the most important race because it will set the it will set the trajectory of the country. We'll either continue to to um, go down a authoritarian um, path, which we're on today, or we might be able to break it and get back on some path of normalcy. And. try to solve some of the issues right and we'll see what happens we'll see what happens but the polling the polling is not good um i mean on a generic ballot the dims are plus six it's just not good it's not good and it's getting worse it's not getting better but you know maybe more people will have time to uh digest the supreme court nomination and things can swing positively right in trump's favor you know if there's a vaccine that miraculously comes out a day before the election uh maybe um i don't think anybody's gonna buy that but let's say that that's possible um you know i i don't know um what the october surprise could be that could change the balance maybe some really poor debate performances by biden could shift it i think that's unlikely but it's possible um, you know, there's only so many chances left for people to change their minds, right? And I think minds are made up. You know, I do. I think minds are made up. Um, you're either for the president or you're not at this point. It, it really has less to do with Biden than it has to do with Trump. And so it doesn't really matter um, what Biden does. It's, it's, it's either a pro-Trump vote or, a, uh, or an anti-Trump vote at this point and i think minds are made up but we'll see nevertheless polling not looking good not looking good uh, i'm gonna dive right into lindsey graham real quick just because we're talking about polling so i mean on the presidential side in south carolina trump is you know he's doing well he's plus um 10 according to the yougov poll that went through the 25th so he's doing well lindsey graham on the other hand is not Lindsey Graham, 
on the YouGov poll is plus one. There's other polls in South Carolina that show Harrison up two. Um, and so this is going to be a tight. I mean, this is this is tight. This is tight, tight, tight. South Carolina. Uh, Lindsey Graham is he's he's got issues, right? From a monetary uh, standpoint, he's got some challenges. Um, he's waffling and changing his position on the Supreme Court justice. And honestly, I think people are tired of their politicians just not having a backbone, right? Not standing for anything, not having any principles. And people are tired from it. You know, one thing about Trump is you know what he is, right? He's going to say whatever's on his mind, whether it's politically correct or not. We know he doesn't have any principles. Okay, so that's the base case. He doesn't care if he personally attacks you, right? He doesn't care. All he cares about is the stock market. That's it. Okay, so we've we've, we've identified Trump. Well, kind of pre-Trump, the Republican Party, for the most part, you know, had some core principles that they believed in. But in the kind of Trump era, all of those principles have gone to the wayside um, as the Republicans have hitched their wagon to Trump because they need Trump's core voter, right? And so I'm going to play this clip of Lindsey Graham because you can hear the desperation and, and really I feel sad for him um, because he knows, he probably knows deep down that if he actually stood for some core principles, um, he wouldn't be in this position. But we're going to play the clip. And then we'll talk about it. Okay, one second. He should be able to decide, and Barbara Streisand should destroy, decide, I guess, the South Here Carolina goes. Senate race. Thank you, Senator. And oh, Rosie O'Donnell. I, so my, I'm I getting run. overwhelmed. Yeah, uh, Lindsaygram.com, help me. They're killing me money-wise. Help me. You did last week. Help me again. Well, Rosie should be able to decide, and Barbara Streisand <laughs> should destroy, decide, I guess, the South Carolina. They're killing him. He said they're killing him. Here's another one. But I'm being killed financially. This money is because they hate my gut. He's being killed. In 2016, or sorry, 2014, Lindsey Graham um, put $13 million into the state Senate race. In South Carolina, and that's what was required, right, to win the race. Harrison has raised almost $100 million. And so Lindsey Graham is being buried financially, and he's begging for money. And it really wouldn't be close, right? Not in South Carolina. It wouldn't be close if he had core principles. He identified Trump pre-election of 16 for who he was he knew he knew what trump was right he called him a kook he said he'll bring the republican party down with him he had him penned he knew what trump was about and then he changes right he trained changes his tune and he's been pro-trump ever since the problem is again when you don't have any principles when you stand for nothing 
when you stand for nothing, people don't like that. Take a position. Have core principles. And he's getting buried in a state that is plus 10 for Trump. Now, Lindsey's going to win, right? He's going to win. But the margin might be one, two, or three. And he's going to win by the skin of his teeth. By the skin of his teeth, he's going to win. Right? But if he had core principles, it'd already be over. And so it's going to be interesting to know and to understand and to see and to watch if Biden wins, how these people that have tied themselves to Trump try to unwind it. And my hope is the Democrats don't, lay them, don't uh, let them off the hook because they jeopardized the democracy of the country for Trump. And I don't care if you're a Republican or a Democrat. The ideals are based on a democracy, right? And if you are okay pursuing an authoritarian regime, then you don't have a place to be in the government. Sorry. Thanks for coming out. But it's not going to work for you, right? So we'll see what happens. But <laughs> Lindsey Graham, I mean, you know, man, if you had core principles, you'd be in good shape. Now, on the Supreme Court, Trump is nominating Amy Coney Barrett, who's been a appeals court judge for about three years since, uh, since Trump uh, nominated her to that position. And she'd never been a judge before that. Not for a second. Never been a lawyer in a uh, jury trial. Isn't qualified, right, for the for the position. You know, that's what I would say, first of all. I mean, if you've been a judge for three years, you haven't been a lawyer in a jury trial, what business do you have being on the highest court in the land? So that's where I would start. Um... First and foremost, she just isn't qualified, right? So let's start there. Not qualified, sorry. Now, we can say that trying to push this nom nominee forward in 39 days, well, that's never been done before. At least not in recent memory. You know, why are they trying to push him in 40 days? Because they know Trump's going to lose. Or that it looks like he's going to lose, right? That's why they're trying to shove it down shove it through the system as fast as possible, okay? So, you know, in my mind, you got kind of two strikes against you. But even if you get past there and you start looking at her record as an appeals judge, she thinks it's okay for a felon to purchase guns, right, thanks to the Second Amendment. But she doesn't think a, a felon should be allowed to vote. So that's interesting. She thinks Roberts ruled incorrectly on the Affordable Care Act. Okay. So when the ACA is up 
and the Supreme Court looks at it, and, you know, 10 days after the election, how do we think she's going to vote? I mean, they're going to kill it, right? So pre-existing conditions no longer have to be covered. They're going to kill it. They're killing it. What's her stance on abortion? She's not pro-choice. So they're going to, the Republicans are trying to shove this through, right? Because it helps their agenda. So instead of actually getting the votes and solving it through legislation, they're trying to pack the court full of conservatives, which is what they've been doing over the past decade. And because of that, they know that Trump is not, it's not looking good, right, in the polling front. They're going to try to push it through so they can win these court cases. But let's just step back again. She's not qualified, right? She's not qualified to be a judge on the highest court in the land. And normally what I would say, and this is this is my position on most things, is experience is, 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 uh, is really irrelevant. It's all about intellect, talent, upside. I would take intellect, talent, and upside over experience every day of the week, right? Every day of the week over experience. Okay? I would. But to be in the highest court of the land, that's where you need unbelievable judgment in the role. And you only get unbelievable judgment because again, these are lifetime appointments. You're establishing law for the next 100, 200, 300,000 years. That's what you're doing. And that requires judgment. This isn't a mathematical equation. And you can only get judgment through experience. And so she's not qualified. I don't care about her faith, right? I mean, the Republicans are just saying they're, you know, everybody's anti-Catholicism because they don't, they want to turn it into a religious discussion, right? I mean, it's it's a joke, but she's not qualified, okay? But that's not even what really kind of irritates me, right? So Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, everybody was like, she had t-shirts, notorious RBG, right? I mean... She was kind of a rock star, right, to women all over the country. She was, right? For what she did for women's rights in this country is unbelievable, okay? And so she was a rock star. So the Republicans, in all their wisdom, decide to and she had a, you know Ginsburg had a t-shirt notorious rbg i mean her face was on it i mean it was it was unbelievable right and 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 that was organic right that was done organically but the republicans 
are now saying, hey, we got we got our own. We got our own. And it's uh, Notorious ACB. Right? And so they try to rip the nickname. And and the problem <laughs> I mean it's silly and like it doesn't matter it doesn't matter. But it's just a lack of perspective and trying to really it, it really um, shows to me a lack of respect towards Ruth Bader Ginsburg that's really what it looks like to me come up with a different nickname be creative can you be creative? You know, it's sort of like when all of the uh, Hollywood actors were coming out to be pro-Obama um, during the Obama election cycles. And the Republicans needed a person from Hollywood, right, to put on the convention floor. And so the, Repub the Republicans, <laughs> you know, to show, hey, we got, a, we got a Hollywood presence here. They went and got Clint Eastwood. They got a 75 white man from Hollywood to come on the convention floor and talk to a chair for 30 minutes. And it's this tit for tat, lack of creativity, um, lack of perspective, lack of understanding the general public and where the country is. That uh, they and they pulled these antics, and it's it's really it's really um, comical more than anything else. Um, it's uh, it just, I mean, I, I, I it's frustrating, and it's annoying, and it's all those things. But it's just a lack of perspective. Um. And so we'll see what happens, right? I mean, I fully expect um, the nominee to get through. I mean, the Republicans are going to do whatever they can. The Democrats don't really have a lot of uh, ammo and options. But, I mean, they don't, other than time, right? They're trying to shove something in 40 days. That's taken 50, 60, you know, 100 days, in other scenarios, and we'll see if they can get it done. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't put anything past uh, the Republicans when it comes to getting something done um, in the name of power consolidation, but we'll see. We'll see. On the markets, um, you know, markets are up today. I think markets they're going to be volatile over the next 45 days through the election cycle, but will probably go up. Um, on the margin, um, just because of Trump, right? And he's going to do whatever he can to keep propping the market up. But uh, markets are up today, so you know Nasdaq's about up about a percentage point. Dow one and a half percent. Dollar. There's been some real volatility in the dollar over you know since Friday, and really since last week. You know it clipped up to ninety four six. Last night and right now it's at ninety four thirty nine. Um, when I actually woke up this morning, it was at ninety four twelve. So it's fluctuating, and the dollar is going to continue to gain strength. 
that's going to continue to gain strength because people are worried about the election cycle, right? So they view it as a store of value and they're going to put money in dollars, right? Not only as a store of value, but they're expecting volatility in the other markets. And so I think that retraces and goes back down once, um, once it clears and once the election's over. But, you know, I think you're going to have dollar volatility. I think the dollar will continue to go up. I think markets will do okay, you know, slight uptrend, right, to the election. But nothing overly exciting, right? Nothing that's going to kind of move the needle um, in any direction, at least not for me, uh, not for me. A uh, couple other things that have been interesting is there's a future, and I didn't know this, a future Wyoming senator, or at least the person that's likely to win. Um, she's a Bitcoiner. Didn't, didn't know that. Cynthia Loomis says... As long as the dollar-based digital currency is backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. as opposed to something more scarce, I don't think it can add value. I've watched the fundamentals of Bitcoin play out as something that is scarcity built into it. And she purchased Bitcoin in 2013. And it's going to be your next Wyoming senator. And so it's good that you're starting to get different perspectives introduced into Congress. Um, now, she's going to be on a complete outsider with that position. But the different perspectives are good, right, when it comes to money. But it also is good for Bitcoin overall because she's going to be thinking about policy in terms of Bitcoin and how it plays out and the importance of scarcity. And if people are worried about Bitcoin being banned... Well, if you have people in your government that understand the fundamentals and the value, the likelihood of it being banned continue to go down, right? Continue to drop considerably. Considerably. So I thought that was interesting. Um wasn't aware that uh, that existed but something that's important um, Russia came out yesterday and said that uh, you had to notify the government make the government aware if you had any crypto assets right so they're trying to regulate it, right? I mean, and, and it happens here in the United States. So on our tax form, you know, we have to check a box. It says, do you own any crypto assets? Do you own any crypto assets? Well, Russia is really kind of taking the same steps saying, hey, do you own any assets in crypto? You got to tell us. And... You know, it makes you wonder, are they going to try to confiscate, you know, the assets? I don't think so. Um, now, with Russia, you don't ever know. But 
I think they know that it's about to rip, right? The price is about to skyrocket. And they want to make sure they get those tax dollars. Um, but also, if you have a, a large portion of your country that owns crypto, I mean, you could be trying to understand what percentage that is and then say, okay, well, do we need to have a government crypto position? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but fascinating nevertheless, right? So they're, they're, they're regulating it. You know, they're taking steps to regulate it. Again, you're going to have countries that ban it, some countries that ban it, but, and it, that's, that's likely China, right? Because China wants um, visibility and wants control over everything. Um, and that's what they're planning to do with their own digital system, payment system. But you're having countries that are starting to put resources towards reg regulation and towards understanding. And that leads to uh, more entrenchment and more adoption. So fascinating. And then Venezuela, they are actually legalizing crypto mining. So, I mean, about a month or two ago, they actually confiscated a bunch of mining rigs um, because it was consuming too much energy. And now they're actually legalizing it. So you have to apply for a, li a license. You have to apply for a crypto license. You become a government register. And then they get a piece of the action. The government gets a piece of the action, which of course they do in, uh, in Venezuela. But... If they're having a national mining pool, a national mining pool, could they be the ones that adopt Bitcoin as the standard first? Possible. Absolutely possible. So is it Venezuela? Is it Kazakhstan? Is it Iran? Is it Syria? Is it Zimbabwe? Is it Sudan? Um... Is it somebody else? Is it Russia? Right? I don't know. But governments around the world are taking action. And that's exciting. That's very exciting for the space. And the last thing, you know, is fiscal. Mnuchin and Pelosi, you know, they're talking about this $2.4 trillion package. Um, does it happen? Will it happen? Uh, I don't think anything gets done pre-election, not with Trump's taxes, not with the Supreme Court. Um, I just I just don't see it. You know, even if Trump becomes 10, 10 to 15 points, even at 8 to 10 down, he just isn't incentivized, right, to act because he's going to care about himself more. He's going to care about everybody else. And so he's going to be focused on how not to go to jail versus how to get somebody to eat, Right one of his constituents to eat um so i don't think it gets done but i think it starts to lay the groundwork for what happens post-election cycle and pulling the trigger on um on a stimulus bill then because the the demand gap is still there that's not changing it's not changing the fundamentals the economic fundamentals and the indicators aren't improving 
the rate of improvement is slowing down. And that tells you all you need to know. That tells you all you need to know. The demand gap's still there. So fascinating stuff. I mean, I just, you know, between the election, between the Supreme Court, between Trump's taxes, between COVID, a bit, we didn't even talk COVID, um, the economy, the dollar, Bitcoin, it's unbelievable right now. It is unbelievable. 2020, what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. And we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it. So this is Joe Moran again. Thanks for listening to the show. Hope you enjoyed it. Leave a comment. Hit me up on Twitter. Joseph underscore P underscore Moran. Ask a question. And until tomorrow, let's keep our ears to the grindstone.